Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Thank you, Father. Father, we do. We just honor you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you here. Father, I know those are worshiping you in their homes. Lord, we give you the glory, the honor. You are worthy. You deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Lord, all the recognition is due to you. It's by your grace through faith that we have anything. It's by your mercy. It's by your goodness that everything we have that is good and perfect has come to us and is available to us. And we give you the honor and the glory. We praise you and worship you, Father. For you are good and your mercy endures forever. Father, tonight I thank you. Thank you for your word. Lord, I believe that what we prayed earlier is coming to pass. But Lord, just right now, I pray. I sense in my heart, but I pray for those, Father, that may be watching that have allowed life to get a little too much inside them. The fears, the cares, the worries. I just speak peace over them right now in Jesus' name. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over your mind and over your heart. Rest. The scripture says, they that are of faith do enter into rest. Rest in the Lord. I say to you, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. In every one of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. I just speak over you. What the Lord would tell you even now is this. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You believe God, believe also in Jesus. Believe in both. They'll take care of you. They'll keep you. They'll find a way to help you. If you'll believe and trust. So Father we do. We respond back to you. And to your word. Lord we believe. We trust. We know you're moving on our behalf. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Well let's go ahead and get into the word tonight. Worship team you can go ahead and thank you so much. That was excellent. And we're going to get into the word um, I do have a, just a couple of announcements here that I need to, actually just one really, uh, for the women, the women's Bible study. Uh, they'll be this uh, Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh, the women's Bible study will be live again for all the women. Um, I know, uh, I think, well, last time we did it, I was watching the Facebook feed and there were quite a few guys on there too. So um, as my wife was referring to all the ladies, she wasn't calling you a lady. <laughs> she was just referring to the Bible study group. So, um, but that's okay if you guys are on there too. It's not like we, you know, locked out all the guys. So the word is the word is the word, and it's good for everybody. Um, and the faith comes when you listen. So I just wanted to make that announcement. Um, we'll have more announcements coming up as as time goes on here. Obviously, currently... Um, we're under the shelter order and the quarantine until the 24th. And I wanted to share with you, um, 
something that uh, came to me today that I've signed as a pastor and uh, um, that is actually from, the, the letter actually came from, uh, oh, I'm forgetting their name right now, um, the Big Sky World Forum and uh, um, here in, in, in uh, Big Sky Country in Billings here. And they actually got a petition or a letter together to the governor and uh, made and sent it out to all pastors in the state. Um, and I mean, there were there are a lot of pastors that have signed this letter, and it's going to Governor Bullock on the 19th of this month. So here in just a, a couple of days, uh, about four days, and uh, it's requesting that he makes churches essential. Um, now I don't know what requirements they're going to put on this uh, for churches to be essential. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to, you know, say you can only have so many in the building. You have to be spread out. I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, the main goal here is to get churches back open and going again. Um, and, of course, the rest of, of, the, um, uh, of the state as well. I know currently I think there were just over 400 cases of the COVID-19 uh, that are in the state. Uh, I think there's actually only 20. Now, I don't know this exact because I haven't, I, just numbers I've heard today. But I want to say somewhere between 20 and 25 actual hospitalizations. And they're saying now that um, that they're actually, they're, the hospitals won't be overrun um, at all. So that's good news. Praise God for that. I'm thankful for that. Um, but we need to get things rolling in the communities again and get... Uh, get uh, businesses back open and get churches back open and get b people back uh, to uh, in their, their daily lives, in their, their routines. Because um, obviously uh, in rural Montana, um, the spread is not as, as intense as in uh, New York City, you know. Because uh, like I told a friend of mine recently um, in New York City, um, they, they feel the need to live on top of each other, but we don't here. So um, the dynamics are different. So I want to encourage you to, uh, if you haven't done it, um, contact the legislators, uh, the state legislators, contact the governor, the governor's office, um, and express uh, your uh, voter, your voice as the people. Um, you know, the more people that vote or, or that voice uh, voting too, voting's good as well. But the more people that voice their opinion, this is a this is a nation that is uh, we the people is the government, and so we need to use our voices and um, and stand up for the rights that we possess. I know there are other things going on around the the nation that we could talk about, but I'm not going to. But I did want to share this letter with you. Um, a lot of pastors that I know have signed this, and it's being sent up there to um, to the Capitol uh, to Governor Bullock. And I, I want—I just wanted to read it to you. I thought it was so well written um, and well done that I thought I would share it with you. And just wanted to let you know, as your pastor, um, that uh, we are taking actions. We are gathering information right now and preparing for um, the potential of a situation like this happening again. And I think the bigger thing overall is, is that we are moving into an election season. And as believers, as Christians, you know, if we get out and vote and get on the same page and vote righteousness, 
not even your not even voting your pocketbook, not voting your uh, family tradition, none of that stuff, but vote righteousness, kingdom mindedness. We can be uh, as as things like this come up and things uh, happen in the world that are that are uh, uh, that could potentially are what they call pandemic and can interrupt your life. They don't have to interrupt ours as much if we have the right people in office. And so that's a big deal, and you're going to hear more about that from us as, as we move forward as a church, because I feel uh, very strongly that the Lord uh, desires that we speak on these things and talk about these things. And praise God, President Trump uh, signed an executive order and uh, silenced the, I believe it's called the Johnson Amendment, uh, where ministers weren't supposed to speak on political things, but he signed an executive order, and this is a great opportunity for the church to stand up, unite, and move forward. If every believer stood up and united with the rest of believers, voted for righteousness, I'm telling you, we wouldn't even have a problem uh, getting righteousness in the law, legal system and continuing to press forward and change what's already taken place in this nation. And so uh, I'm not a prophet. I don't, I'm not prophesying anything. I can tell you what, you know, I, I can function in the spirit of prophecy and the, in the gifts of the spirit, but I'm not a prophet. So I don't know all the details of those things. You'll have to go to the prophets to find those things, but I can give you the word and I can hear from the Holy Spirit and uh, the Lord's never wrong according to his word. And so I want to encourage you with that. That should stir in you and continue to stir in you. And even as we get back together, you'll hear more about it. Um, and so I wanted to read this to you, and this is actually, a, this is not a letter that I wrote, but uh, the Big Sky World Forum, uh, they're the ones that, that wrote it, and so I wanted to share it with you, and um, uh, this is a letter that was written by them, four pastors, to Governor Bullock. It says this, Dear Sir, um, God grant you the fullness of the knowledge of his love for you in Christ Jesus, and wisdom for the facing of these difficult days. We, the undersigned pastors, have carefully considered our obligation to the welfare of our fellow human beings and our responsibilities as citizens of the state, as well as our devotion to the proclamation of the good news of Jesus. Hereby seek to clarify our position to you as governor of the state of Montana regarding the serious limitations thus far imposed on the church as part of the response to the COVID-19 pandemic. On the basis of the following three arguments, we are, we are proposing a solution that we hope will be agreeable to you as a way of balancing your obligation to both uphold the Constitution of the United States and care for the welfare of the citizens of Montana. We recognize that the physical health of the citizens of this state requires your attention. We are bold to remind you that the freedoms granted by God and guaranteed by the Constitution also demand your utmost energies. The Constitution endures the free exercise of religion and freedom of assembly. These are difficult times. To be sure, we understand that you had, to, you had not received instruction on how to handle such a crisis. We pray for you, for you regularly, which we do here uh, weekly. We pray for our leadership in the state and in the nation. God, lights, God delights to hear not only our individual prayers, but also our corporate prayers. It is to your benefit for us to pray together. We expect you to do all in your power to protect the citizens of Montana. But when government tells the church that it cannot meet, 
it has not only contradicted a clear word of God to his church, that is, that we are able to meet and to receive his gifts, it has also abrogated the constitutional rights of free exercise of religion and the right to assemble, enumerated in both the U.S. and Montana constitutions. It is not safe to ignore the Constitution. If a health crisis can precipitate the overthrow of the Constitution, then this nation has no Constitution at all. No doubt you have received counsel that the state can infringe fundamental rights when it can demonstrate a compelling interest, yet it is clear that such an infringement must employ the least restrictive means. We submit that forbidding churches to meet and threats of fines, as imposed by some Montana counties, are not the least restrictive means available to protect citizens. A health crisis is also a spiritual crisis. The framers of the Constitution, while perhaps not envisioning such a turn of events, surely understood that religion provided some benefit to the state. Else, why would they have enshrined it with special privilege? At a time of crisis, more than ever, the citizens of this state need access to their communities of faith. The presence of the body of Christ as the church cannot be duplicated digitally. When presented with these conditions, not only the threat of the virus, but also the ensuing economic disaster, people need to hear that God is in control and that he cares and he will take care of them. We submit that if you were to stand with our governors, for example, in Florida, Texas, and Pennsylvania, and Indiana, by clarifying that churches possess the freedom of assembly, the citizens of this state would be better equipped to handle this crisis. Liberties are rarely lost in one uh, uh, fell swoop. They are most likely to be lost during a period of crisis by a gradual erosion. Regardless of your intent, and we do not put the and we do put the best construction on your intent. We are very concerned about the unintended consequences of annulling the free exercise of religion for the period of this of the crisis. It is not difficult to envision a future crisis that would provide an opportunity to use the current one as precedent. The argument might be then might then be, it is not essential for the church to meet together. After all, the church survived the COVID-19 crisis through the use of electronic means. After that, the government could claim authority to determine further limitations. You have a unique opportunity to stand firmly on the Constitution, protecting the rights not only of your constituents, but also those of future generations. On the basis of these arguments, we humbly submit the following solution. On or before April 24th, you would issue a clarification that in sensitivity to the constitutional rights to the free exercise of religion and right to assemble, churches of Montana are not compelled by state or local jurisdictions to refrain from meeting. Rather, you could ask the churches to voluntarily consider out of a concern for their neighbors to practice social distancing, super cleanliness, and exercise prudence regarding large gatherings. We are confident that, the, that church leaders across this state will practice great care, for they not only care for the bodies of their members, but also their souls.
with what we sincerely respect your office and anxiously await your reply in the form of such a clarification. So that is the letter that's uh, being sent, and I'm excited about it because it was well written. Um, I can read it okay, but I did not write that thing, man. That thing is well written. Um, and, uh, and I'm thankful for every person that has their, their particular gifts in these areas. And I do, again, if you're watching, please email the governor. Uh, email your uh, state senators. Email, uh, get a hold of the government. Um, I know there are, there are things going on in other states where people are done with shelter orders. Um, you know, and, and, and let me encourage you with this too. For those of you that um, have not heeded this word about fear and things like that, just on a practical side, go run the numbers for the state and see where we're at. Uh, I'm not telling you not to wear a mask if you go out. I'm not telling you not to stand six feet away. If that's what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. I understand. Wear gloves. Do what you got to do in that area. I'm not telling you you should or shouldn't do that. Even if the governor allows the church to be opened and meetings to happen, we will take every precaution necessary to help people feel like it's a clean environment and that it is a clean environment. But I'm telling you, even if you have to stay home and continue to join us on the internet, that's fine. But there's a whole lot of people that do not want to stay home and they are not afraid of the coronavirus or any other virus for that matter. And they want to get together and meet. And so don't turn your fear into everybody else's responsibility because it's yours. It's your responsibility. And so um, you need to deal with that, especially now I'm talking specifically to believers here. There are 360 plus verses in the Bible that, taught, that have a direct command not to fear. If you've been saved for any long period of time and you've not looked at those and it's not strong in you, then you need to get after that. There needs to be some change um, and, and, and spend time with the Lord on that. But that being said, um, you know, uh, uh, run the numbers. Seven people have passed away from COVID-19 in the state of Montana. Seven. Okay, like I said, there are there are some 400 and some uh, confirmed cases, 22 are in hospitals. Run the numbers. We're we're one million two hundred, I think, almost three hundred thousand in the state. Okay, and so um, we need to be aware of this. And I know people are probably sitting there going, yeah, that's because of social distancing. Well, actually, the models that they released originally included social distancing. So you need to be aware of that. The other side of that is, is this social distancing, um, unless everything was absolutely fully quarantined, you're not going to stop the spread of the virus. It's going to happen um, because that's viruses do that. So I just want to make you aware of that I'm going to go over to James, um, James chapter, which is in between Hebrews and Peter. And I just want to hit James one again, just as a reminder. And, uh, You know, sometimes people say, you know, I've been standing on that verse, but it doesn't seem like anything's happening. That means you're in the perfect opportunity to remain in faith. If you haven't seen anything naturally yet, that means you're still in faith. Once you see the manifestation, you can release your faith on it. But if you haven't seen the manifestation yet, then what do you know you need to do? You need to practice these verses. You need to practice, excuse me, endurance. You need to practice your faith, exercise your faith, and it will manifest. Listen to me, it will come to pass if you don't let it go. 
So you need to become, uh, uh, you know, uh, like a, a, an annoying pest to the enemy. You just need to keep going back to the Word, keep going back to the Word, keep going back to the Word. People say, yeah, I start out pretty good in the morning. I do my devotion. I feel pretty good. And I, then I get through a part of my day and I, I just don't feel it anymore. That's because you're being feeling-led, not spirit-led. I don't feel God all the time. I don't feel like studying. I don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning sometimes. But I do it anyway. I believe the word anyway. I speak the word anyway. And you just wait and see. Our God is faithful and it will come to pass. You say, how can I come out better if I lost my job? If I'm currently unemployed? If I'm currently uh, um, not able to pay all my bills right now? Listen, that's where faith comes in. If you continually argue against the word of God, God will, it's not that he won't continue to encourage you to follow him and stay faithful to him, but he will just let you have what you decide. And so you need to stand strong on these verses, James 1, 2. Now I'm about to read these and I want every parent to think of how it applies to parenting, uh, every child to how it uh, applies to you as in regards to your siblings and your parents and all the family issues that could be potentially going on. In fact, I just hear these words right now in my head. I hear moms saying, these kids are going to drive me nuts. You better stop. Don't let them drive. They don't control your mind. You do. You control your mind. And listen to me, you control your house. You know, I meet parents sometimes, and this isn't a parenting session. This is just an encouragement. But I meet parents sometimes and. They, they have not heeded the word of God. The scripture doesn't say beat your kids into submission. The scripture talks about having control and having discipline. And corporal, I mean, discipline as far as spanking, things like that, that's okay as long as it's under control. Do you know it's legal in all 50 states? It is. It's legal. Now, beating your kids is not legal. That's against the law. You can't do that. But discipline... And correction and directing your children and training your children how to control themselves is what you need to do. I meet parents that um, their kids are absolutely out of control all the time and, and there's never any change. I'm not talking about, you know, there's a time kids, they develop control over time. And with that in mind and that understanding, you need to realize it's going to take some time if they're real little to develop control over time. My house is not out of control. And guess what? It never will be. And you say, how can you say that? Because the Bible gave me the spiritual leadership of my house. And I will not relinquish it to anybody. No other person and no other spirit is allowed to just run through my house and do what it wants. It will not. I stand in faith in the word of God, and we've trained our kids a certain way. And once they get to be a certain age, they can make the decisions they want to make when they're at that age, and they're out on their own, and we've warned them and told them for years now, you'll want to make the right ones, otherwise it's going to hurt. And you say, how do you know that? Because I was stupid, didn't listen to my parents for years, and made stupid decisions, and it hurt bad. And honestly, it took years to get over some of them. The decisions, but thankfully we're there. So not only that, but then this verse also with your jobs and with all these things, you say, what does this have to do with angels? Everything. It's the word of God. Anyway, moving on. James one verse two says, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. This is a trial. 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work. If you don't let patience have its perfect work, then you cannot rely, you can't quote the second half of this verse that says you'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. To the degree that you allow patience to work will be the degree that you manifest perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Just so you know. All right, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. So if you're lacking in these areas, you're struggling in these things, and people say, well, I, I don't have a job right now. Well, have you looked for another one or have you gone for unemployment? Well, I'm just sitting at home confessing. Good. Confess while you drive or, or call to the unemployment office. You probably can't go to the unemployment office right now, but I'm sure you can do a FaceTime or something like that. Or there are many companies that are hiring right now. I know I've seen different commercials for, for different types of jobs that are still going as far as delivery and stuff like that. People say, well, that's not what I'm educated in. That's not, it doesn't pay enough, but it pays more than nothing. So this is something that we have to think about. Just do it for a season. Do it for a short season if you can. And then once the se- this all lifts and your job opens back up, praise God, go back to work, thank the company for what they did, and go on. But don't just sit there and mope. Use your faith. Be active. You know, uh, the quarantine jokes are hilarious. Um, you know, my favorite one still is Little Debbie Versus Big Deborah. That's the, you know, after the whatever days. You know, <laughs> and they are funny. They're, they're very funny to me. Um, and that's just, you know, because my dad raised me on the Three Stooges. But that's beside the point. With, with that in mind, you don't have to do that. You don't have to sit around and get, and just shove your face full of food. Hello? You are in control of you. Man, I, I don't know how the church lost this. But the spirit of the resurrection lives in you. Use function out of that supply in the name of Jesus. All right. Let's talk about angels. I want to talk about angels because that's the purpose of this Bible study. If you want to open in your Bibles, go ahead and open to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. And I'm going to read this introduction here. Um, This goes along, people say, what's this got to do with where we're at? Well, we've been on Psalms 91, and we saw in Psalms 91 where um, in the secret place, we've been talking about that, we saw where angels will bear us up in their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. So I thought, and even in prayer on Tuesdays, uh, when we've been praying in the Spirit, I found myself praying about angels quite a bit. And I really believe we're moving into a season where we're going to be more and more aware of the activity of angels and that it's going to continue to increase. Now, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to talk about how actually we have to cooperate with the Lord in order for that to happen. And we're going to do this biblically. We're not going to worship angels. We're not going to get overly excited about manifestations of angels. We're going to be overly excited about the Lord and his word. And then we'll just enjoy what he does through the manifestation of the spirit world in this world. We are faith people. So I heard this uh, years ago, and I thought it was so good. Um, there was a, a, a particular minister um, who uh, had shared with his denomination that an angel had appeared to him and told him to go into the ministry and to begin this particular ministry that he was going into. And he shared this with the ordination board. And so they were very concerned about this. You know, they thought this guy maybe had gone off his rocker and maybe didn't. 
uh, eat for a really long period of time and was seeing things or something like that. It concerned them. And uh, so instead of just reacting and overreacting, there was a minister in, the, in, the, in this particular group of, of men that was assessing this minister. And he was a very senior minister. And he was, it, they requested that he do a study on angels to find out uh, what the Bible had to say about angels. And uh, so he did, and he came back, and they asked him, what's your findings? And one of the comments that he made was this. He said, my concern is not that this gentleman saw an angel. He said, my concern is why haven't more people seen them? And so we're going to talk about angels because angels is a vital part of the ministry of the New Testament church and the provision of God to the church. It is of utmost importance that believers understand the ministry of angels in their behalf, that their faith might be encouraged regarding this gracious provision God has made for them. It is surprising to find a number of commentators expressing their belief that the ministry of angels to men ceased at the ascension of Christ, not to be resumed until his return to the earth. This is difficult to understand in, rela in relation to Hebrews 1, verse 14. So Hebrews 1, 14, if you want to look at that, where we are told, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? This certainly applies to believers today. There are many instances of ministrations of angels performed um, recorded on behalf of God's people in Old Testament times, the time of our Lord's dwelling on earth, and during the early church days. There is no, re no reason not to believe that they continue to do similar things today. There is no reason not to believe that angels are ministering as they hearken to the word of God being spoken through the body of Christ, which is the manifestation of the authority of the resurrected Christ in the earth today. And we're going to talk about that as we go. But tonight, I just want to get through a few points and just some foundational things um, that we're going to look at as far as general knowledge about, uh, about angels. So the first point I want to bring out tonight is this, and, I, and you can write this down if you're taking notes, angelology, angelology, A-N-G-E-L-O-L-O-G-Y. If you're a poor speller like me, then that helped you. Angelology, angelology, the word angel, which is the study of angels, but the word angel whether taken from the Hebrew of the Old Testament or from the Greek of the New Testament means messenger. That's what it means. Angels are messengers. So the word angel means messenger. The holy angels are messengers of God, while fallen angels are the messengers of Satan. And we'll get into this a little bit more uh, later on. Um, but, but, but demons are fallen angels. Satan, listen to me, he's not, and we talked about this in our uh, understanding of the believer's authority, uh, which was that, that series was seated in heavenly places. We also did one on uh, unmasking the enemy. Those are on the website. But, but Satan is not an equal opposite to God. 
Not even close. Satan is an angel who's been stripped of the anointing. This is good news for the church because we are seated in heavenly places far above all principality, power, thrones, dominions. And we're not going to get into that necessarily tonight, but it, there's ranks, okay, in, in the heavenlies when it comes to these spiritual realities. But angelology, or is the study of angels, and angels are messengers. Messengers, that's what they are. They're messengers of God. Holy angels are messengers of God, and fallen angels are messengers of Satan. And Satan, of course, is called the prince of the power of the air or the god of this world. So first thing, uh, right under uh, that first point about angelology, if you want to put another little point, you can put the origin of angels. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 9. If you want to turn there, you can. Nehemiah chapter 9. And we'll look at a scripture that talks about uh, the origin of angels here. You say, this is pretty practical. Yeah, but it'll help you as each part builds. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse number 6, says this. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven. So notice he made heaven. The heaven of heavens. So that's higher up. With all their host. So there are, host is a group, it's a company. And the Lord made heaven and heaven of heavens and all their hosts. All their hosts. So God made everything. Now look at this next, uh, next verse, or next part of the verse here in verse 6. The earth and everything on it, the Lord made. The seas and all that is in them, the Lord made. And you preserve them all. Now watch this. The host of Heaven worships you, worships you. So we see here that God created the hosts of heaven. Angels are a part of the hosts of heaven. Angels are a part of the hosts of heaven. So in distinction from God, the angels are created beings. They have not existed from all eternity. Now God has existed from all eternity. Angels were created along the timeline. They were created along the timeline, and we'll look at a passage of Scripture that points to that, I believe. Um, I, we don't have a Scripture that says angels were created on this exact day, but we have a general idea in the, in the span of time where they were. Let's go to Psalms 148. Psalms 148. You know, if you follow these verses that I'm giving you, you could uh, take this and share it with somebody else if they have questions about angels. It'll help you. Psalm 148. We're talking about the origin of angels, that they were created by God. Now watch, Psalms 148 is even clearer on this, starting in verse number 2. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. We're going to go down through verse 5. Praise him, sun and moon. You know the sun and the moon praise him. They praise him. Notice it doesn't say all you people on the earth praise the sun and the moon. I want you to think about this now. Think in terms of 
order of importance. Who is being praised? God in heaven. Who is doing the praising? Well, specifically, we see here, angels are praising him. Which means angels are below God. They're below God. Okay? So I want you to see that. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Sun and moon are below God. They are not God. Praise him, all you stars of light. The stars are not God. You don't need to read them. They don't tell your future. The one who made them that they praise, you can talk to and know your future. He'll reveal himself to you. Verse 4, praise him, you heaven of heavens. I, I feel like praising him right now. And you waters above the heavens. Even the water praises God. That's above the heavens. Verse 5, let them praise the name of the Lord. Watch this. For he commanded and they were what? Created. They were created. Angels were created by God most high. Angels were created. He commanded and they were created. Spirit begat spirit. Spirit begot spirit. Spirit birthed spirit. God created angels. Okay? Angels are spirits. Remember we saw that in Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will be heirs of salvation? So in other words, they're working with the, the, the gospel being preached, working to lead people to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and God the Father and to come across your path every day so you can be salt and light where you're at. They're working, they're steering things, they're helping. And we believe in Billings, Montana and at Faith Family Church, I'm declaring this, that angel activity is at a high level in this area. Praise the Lord. High level. Why? People say, oh, you're going to get off. You're going to... No, 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 no. I won't get off because I'm anchored in the word of God. I won't get off. The Lord is so good and gracious to us. So angels are the host of heaven. We see this as... and that, So that's a good reference going back to Nehemiah. That hosts and angels are synonymous here. Now there's more to host than that, but we're not going to get into that. Let's go over to Psalms 33. Let's look at another one. Psalms 33. So jog to the left. Psalms chapter 33. Psalms 33. You say, how's this helping me during this COVID-19 thing? Uh, Psalms 91, brother and sister. Angels bear you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. Angels protect you and your kids when we all go back to life and to school and to all that stuff. Angels protect your kids when they go to camp. When they go out, when they're going out into their jobs. Come on, church. Think about this. How is the government going to protect you from every little thing? They cannot. Our founding fathers understood this. You say, preacher, why you got to bring it back to that? It's just in the air. I got to deal with it. <laughs> so as my younger brother would say, I got to chase that rabbit. And if he's watching, he's loving that about now. So... No, I just sense it in my spirit. There's this constant lie of the enemy that as a man of God, I have to address. 
I have to attack the spirit of Antichrist. You say, why? Because the spirit of the attacking Christ is in me to attack it. And he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I will not sit back and be silent when I've been given a creative voice. A voice that can speak faith to the mountain. And you shouldn't either. And I'm here to prod you on in this and develop boldness in you. The spirit of boldness would come out of you and you would speak forth in boldness concerning not only the state of our state governmentally, but the spirit of our state spiritually. This, 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 end, this, this revival, this move of the Spirit that's taking place cannot be held and honed and worked by ministers alone. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to have to rise up within its power that it's been given and go forth into their world and be light and witness of fearlessness, of hope, of divine resurrection power living on the inside of us. And in the midst of that, what do we know? We know that angels are going forth confirming the word that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking. And so I want to encourage you with that. I know I got a little preachy there out of my teach into my preach. So I can, I guess I can hit them both as a pastor. (laughs) Good word. Go ahead. Believe I will. All right. Psalms 33 verse number five. Now, if you didn't watch party this, you don't have to. I mean, I'm not making you do it. I think it's a good idea, but you're always able to go back and share it later too. If you think it would bless uh, and be a blessing to people. Psalms 33 and I'm in 35. I've got to flip over one here. Psalms 33, verse number 5. Remember, we're talking about the Lord created angels. Psalm 33, verse number 5. He loves righteousness and justice. This is the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were what? Made and all the host of them, look at this, by the breath of his mouth. Now, I'm going to go back to this. Uh, I'm going to look at this here, and and I want to go back to this point that I made earlier concerning spirit. That word breath is spirit. So God breathed. Well, look at it this way. The word breath has to do with spirit. God is a spirit and spoke spirit and created a spirit. You say, what spirit? Angels. Angels. We're talking about angels. God spoke and an angel was created. God is a spirit and he spoke. Think about it. What is speaking? It's breath coming across vocal cords, coming through the tongue, shaped by the mouth and the lips, speaking words. This is why the power of life and death is in the tongue. You say spirit, breath. Yeah, spirit and breath are synonymous. That's why I speak over my body. You will live long and be satisfied. Why? Speaking breath, life. Breath. And then he says what? Breath is spirit. So he spoke and what was created? The hosts of heaven. 
Remember we just saw in uh, Psalm 148 that hosts and angels can be synonymous. It's a large group is what a host is. A large group. And it says this. uh, um, Well, I correlated it to this. Think about it in terms like this. So God breathed and he created the angels. How many remember this in Genesis? God breathed into Adam the breath or the spirit of life. The spirit of life. So righteous angels. You say righteous. I mean holy angels. Those who did not rebel against God. What are they full of? They're full of the, the, the nature of God. And they are spirits. Okay, let's go to Colossians 1.16. And we got a few minutes here and then we'll wrap this up. Colossians 1.16. The origin of angels, the origin of angels. These are all scriptures that give us the origin that God created them. Colossians 1.16 says this, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on the earth, watch this, visible and invisible. You say, no, the only things that are created are the things I can see. Wrong. There is an entire invisible world to the natural eye that has been created and it is functioning all around us. It is functioning right now all around us. It's functioning through the atmosphere, through the, through the universe. There's an invisible world that's functioning. You say, you're crazy. No, I'm biblical. You're crazy if you don't believe in it. He goes on to say this, whether thrones... Wow, this this has to do with rank and authority, and I can't get into it, but it's really good if you want to do some study on these words. Thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created through him. See that? Through him and for him, and he is before all things, praise God, and in him all things consist. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So God is king, he is ruler, he's God. So he's above it all. So those are really interesting words in there. And there's rank in angels. There's actually rank in demonic authority. In demonic, uh, I should say in the demonic kingdom, the authority that they function in. There's rank in those things. But there's rank even in the angels of heaven and how they operate. We know from a- a- uh, Gabriel and Michael that... Uh, that um, there is rank, there is order to these things, but every this is wonderful because even though the hosts of heaven function and they have great power, greater power in, in the sense just to be able to do certain things than we do as, as believers in certain senses. But you know what's, what's amazing about this? If you read in Ephesians, of all the power that they have, we, the church, are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I mean, that just kind of messes with my head a little bit, but gives me great joy in my heart because angels are not running around doing whatever they want. They are hearkening to the leading of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ and listening to whether what they're saying to be able to what? To they perform, as we'll get into this, as Psalm says, the word of the Lord. They perform it. So it's powerful. It's powerful. 
So let's look at this as far as a time frame. We'll wrap this up right here, and then next week we'll go into the fact of and talk about the nature of angels. Um, you're going to realize, actually, it's going to be exciting, but next week, they don't have physical bodies, but they can appear in them. Uh, they, they have personalities. You say, they have personalities? Yeah, they have personalities. They're inquisitive. They're, they don't know everything. You say, where are you getting this? You should read your Bible. It's a wonderful book. You should check it out. The angels do what when one soul is saved? They rejoice. And that word in places means to jump up and down and spin around. So if you're not saved, I'd love to lead you to the Lord so we can have an angel dance. <laughs> because this is reality. You say they're inquisitive. Yeah, they said to, to one another, what is man, Lord, that you are mindful of him? In other words, we are even a bit of a mystery to angels. Oh, they have personality. You know, I know you probably thought, oh, that guy's going to teach on angels and angels. Yeah, I've seen those pictures and those uh, precious moments figures and their fat little babies with obviously couldn't fly with the size of the wings that they have. And they got little harps and all that stuff. And, and how is that even possible? And angels are boring. You have no idea. If an angel appeared to you right now, you'd be eating the carpet in your living room going, oh, what do I do? And you'll know what to do. If you keep listening to the word of the Lord on this subject, the scriptures. But Genesis 1.1 gives us a little bit of insight into when angels were created. And then we'll go to Job and then I'll wrap it up. Genesis 1.1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now let's go to Job 38. For those of you that aren't familiar, it says Job in your Bible, <laughs> but it's Job is how it's pronounced. Job 38 verse 4. I love this. Let me just say this. You can learn a real lesson from Job right here about questioning God and his, his uh, uh, wisdom and knowledge and all that stuff. Better to go to God humble than arrogant. I'll just say that. Job 38 verse 4. God's asking Job questions. That he cannot answer because Job is man and he's not God. But he says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Can you imagine God saying this to you? Tell me if you have understanding. <laughs> I mean, that would be a little nerve wracking to me. I would have realized, yes, Lord, I'm wrong. You're right. Go ahead. Teach me. Verse 5. Who determined its measurements? Come on. Think about this with me, guys. Don't fall for the evolution lie. Think about this. Who laid the foundations of the earth? Who determined its measurements? Measurements. Do you know if we were even a little closer to the sun or a little further away, we'd be melted or freeze like a popsicle? We'd be an earth popsicle if we got a little further away. Measurements, God knows exactly. You say, what does that mean? All you scientists that don't believe in God, God put a measurement there so that you could look at it and go, there must be a God. Nobody, no, there's no way evolution's that precise. <laughs> okay, verse, he said, surely you know, and this is sarcastic. The Lord can be sarcastic. Or who stretched the line upon it? Who put an axis on this thing? 
Who put the equator where it is? You know what I mean? That line, who did this? Verse 6, to what, to what were its foundations fastened? Let me ask you a question. All of those scientists that are so smart, what are the foundations of the earth fastened to? You don't even know. You don't even know. Or who laid its cornerstone? Why do you think we know how to build things today? And we have cornerstones or we have anchor points that we build off of. Because of God the Father, the creation. Learning from him. Verse 7. When the morning stars sang and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Now angels can be referred to as sons of God. I want to read this verse to you. In the New International Version, Job 38, 7 says, While the morning stars sang together, which is a reference to angels, by the way, and all the angels shouted for joy. See, we see here that at creation, what was there? Angels. Now, I don't know if they were created the first day. I don't know if they were created just before and they were in the process of creation. But somewhere around that time, they were created. So this first one was the origin of angels. We see that God created them, and we see a time frame of when they were created. Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll wrap this up. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord. Oh, man, I'm so excited, Father, that you are doing so many. We're going to hear testimonies about how angels have operated in obedience to your word and seen, and we're going to hear great things of protection, great things of deliverance, great things of divine direction and ordinance uh, according to your will, your plan, and your purpose for the established, the establishment of your covenant on the earth as it is in heaven. We are excited to work with you, Lord, and know that angels are a vital part And we thank you for it, Father. We give you all the worship, the praise, honor, and glory. Because we know that that your creation is not to be worshipped. But Lord, in cooperation and in obedience and in submission to your word, we know that we're going to see great and mighty things in Jesus' name. Amen. I had this come up in my heart right before we go here. And I want to say this to you. If you believe the scriptures on salvation and being born again, you cannot say, I believe those, but not the ones on the supernatural and the power of God. You can't do that. You can't pick and choose. The word of God is the word of God, and it is true. So submit to the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in these studies. Stay out of fear and nervousness and all those things. Live in peace, and the goodness of God and the grace of God will function in your life. In the name of Jesus. God bless you guys. We'll see you uh, Sunday morning for service and then Saturday morning for the women's Bible study. God bless you. Have a good evening. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.